All right, Kevin Barker. Well, I guess we know who's going to get game one of the wild card series against the Boston <laughs> Red Sox for the Toronto Blue Jays. Any pretty safe bet that we're going to go with Kevin Gossman in game one? Uh, what do you think? You up for that? Well, I like a flip of a coin. It's either him or Alec Manoa. <laughs> Take either I guy. I don't know, man. Kevin Gossman, the story tonight, the Blue Jays, 7-2 winners over the Boston Red Sox, the first of what is going to be, I think we can safely say, a telltale eight games for this team. I think it's an opportunity for this team to maybe force the general manager's hand a little bit here if uh, you've got three games against Boston, five against Tampa coming up. And, Kevin, this is exactly what the doctor ordered, isn't it? Everything – yeah, I sent out a, a tweet letting people know that they can call us at 416-870-0590, star 590, triple A, triple six, zero five ninety five ninety five ninety in the text line. And I just said, crisis, what crisis? I mean, after <laughs> what we saw from Barrios and Kikuchi, this is exactly what the doctor ordered. It was, a, it was You know what it was? It was a regular baseball game. Flighty hit a homer, Springer hit a homer. Yeah, Sean Anderson kind of made it a little interesting at the end, but you know, only a little interesting. But other than that, this was this was kind of why you signed Kevin Gossman to a big contract. It's Nights a, like it's tonight. A, it's amazing how good your team can look when your starting pitcher looks like it looked tonight for the Toronto Blue Jays. Look, you know, it's it, it's also funny, too, that how much confidence matters to all these guys. It just looked like because he had a bigger glove – that, that the ball was coming out hotter, that the, the ball was coming out of the glove when it was supposed to. You know, when when the release point, he was all getting it up at the same time. Uh, the, the fastball command to the arm side, to his glove side was great. Uh, that got the team, and that got the, the, the Red Sox in swing mode. And then he could use his slider occasionally. He pitched ahead all night. He faced 27 batters and threw 20 strike ones, 15 of those with the with the fastball, that will tell you that he had confidence. He was locating it. And when you get a good team in swing mode, now you can miss in off the plate because you've got them swinging because they know now that you've established in with strikes. You can go away with strikes. And when you can do that and you can start to use your secondary pitches, the split finger looked a lot better tonight. You could tell he was getting it out front a little bit more. Uh, it had that more north and south movement than it, it sort of did that, you know, that sinker change-up movement that it had in in his last couple of starts. So it was a it was a bunch of for me the confidence, the fastball command. And he looked to me like he had a little attitude, which is sort of what you need when you're facing a team like the Red Sox have been hot offensively. you got to have a little vinegar in you. And he just looked to me like tonight he had all those things. I like the way he tossed the balls out in the first inning. It's like, this is my show. The least you guys can do is get me some good balls to use. (laughs) No, seriously, man. Like, you looked out there. This was a guy. Look, the last time he pitched on this mound, he wore it. I mean, the Baltimore Orioles kicked his ass. A 10-2 loss, two in the third inning, seven hits, seven runs, fiver. And he came out of that game and basically said there, he, he felt a lack of energy in that game. For whatever reason, he, he didn't know. I mean, that it's it was the exact opposite of what we saw tonight. And I love this. 57 four-seamers, 31 splits, 19 sliders. And Caleb Joseph made the point. Something Kevin Gossman talked about us on, with us on Blair and Barker about you get the sense, don't you, that he's trying to figure out how to incorporate that slider into his mix more. 
He's got to be unpredictable. Uh, you, you, you mentioned it, too. Lefties, which had been giving him trouble. They were two for nine tonight. Devers had that double off the off the bag that was, you know, sometimes you get a little unlucky with with certain balls that are hitting the infield. Uh, yeah, he he had 18 swing and misses. It just mm. looked like he was under under control. And, to, you know, I mentioned this on Blair and Barker today. He had to be really good against Devers. And the big three with the Red Sox in that order, Devers, Bogarts, and Martinez, were one for eight with three Ks. When you can do that to the Red Sox lineup, you got a pretty good chance of winning some games against them. And this is exactly what they needed. Caleb, I was listening to Caleb talk there. This is exactly what the, the Blue Jays needed. They needed a guy to go out and say, I want the ball. This is our house. You're not going to come in here and beat us up like we've been getting beat up, and it's going to start with me on the mound. And you could just see he he was doing it with a little bit more attitude than normal. His strikeouts, four in the four-seamer, four, uh, five in the splitter, one in the slider. And, you know, if you look at the at bat he had, or he against Xander Bogarts in the fourth inning, and I talked to you about about this before he came in the air, slider change, four seamer slider. You talked about how he wasn't predictable. You talked about how, and we talked about this before about how you just you need to mix up your patterns. That's exactly what we saw to him. It was hard if you if you tried to chart his pitches. It was hard to figure out what he was doing, and Absolutely. and then and then he throws that changeup, not the splitter, but he throws the actual honest to god changeup in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I mean, that's <laughs> this is a team, the the Boston Red Sox, that was coming in, in a seven game winning streak. They're the sec. You can make the case that they're second or now maybe the third best team right now in in, in Major League Baseball. They're playing like it, and. Um, they didn't have a whole hell of a lot going on, as you said. The, the you know the extra base hit off him was a ball that bounced off the bag. Good, good, good pitchers separate themselves. O O and with two strikes. O O tonight, he did it with three different pitches. He did it fifteen times with a four seamer, four times with a slider, one time with a split finger, and then you just mentioned the strikeouts that he had with two strikes. If I'm hitting off of him and I'm trying to guess along and get away from the split finger, and he can do the things with his four seamer and get ahead with his slider, and he's had some strikeouts against my buddies ahead of me in the lineup with his slider. Now all of a sudden, what do I do? Now I'm protecting. I'm on the defense instead of the offense as a hitter and when you're like that you go outside the box you chase a little bit and that's exactly why he's mentioning that he needs to use the slider a little bit more to be unpredictable and unpredictable in certain counts and again this is Caleb said it exactly right this is exactly what you want Kevin Gosman to do this is why you paid him all this money mm-hmm. is to stop the bleeding and that's exactly what he did yeah you know there is a there's a a a definition we used to talk about a lot in baseball. You don't hear it that much anymore, but you talk about a guy being a stopper, mm-hmm. a guy who's just going to come out and, and, and stop the bleeding, like stop the bad stuff from happening. And Kevin Gossman was Kevin Gossman was the guy tonight, without question. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. Home runs from George Springer, Vladdy. And Matt Chapman, that third inning for the Blue Jays. George Springer, first pitch swinging, home run. Bo Bichette, first pitch swinging, single. And then, of course, Vladdy comes up and, and has to work for his home run off of Connor Siebold, who, by the way, unless my math is – I think he got 20 like, – you know, he – the Jays scored some runs off him, but he still got 20 swings and misses. He did. 
Well, again, you, you, you know what's amazing about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is all year mechanically he just hasn't been there for whatever reason he's been he's late. Eighteen he's, home runs. He's been, he does. He's been. You mentioned how hard he had to work to get the homer. He's just been in between. He's been late. He's been early. You could tell tonight the direction of his swing just wasn't there. He kept telling himself he, he uses his top hand a lot when he steps out to tell himself to stay through the baseball. And you can tell he's fighting something, whatever that is. And to have the numbers he's had is is pretty impressive. And this is exactly what you need to do against good teams you have really good starting pitching until your your lineup can figure out the other guy and start running into some baseballs and, and scoring some runs and this is how you win the american league East. you have good starting pitching until your lineup figures it out they score some runs and then you win baseball games that way hopefully this gives the team confidence right leaving milwaukee they had none you could tell the the the, the bubble was bursted when they got on the airplane, and to have the start that they had, hopefully this carries over and you're starting to see better starts. You're see, starting to see better at-bats. If they do that and run the bases and play good defense like they have been, hopefully they can go on a little run here. Chris and Stony Creek, do you want to talk about the position players? Yeah, I think that's um, – first of all, great show, guys. As always, I've heard you during the day today talking about um, uh, Kukuchi a little bit, so I'll touch Who? on that. But, uh, Who? Kikuchi. Who are we talking about? Oh, Kikuchi. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, I'm you sorry. guys are having a very animated discussion about what about what which which corner of the of the Rogers Center they should forget about him. <laughs> well, I, I don't think we really put it that way. I, I think you might. Be, that was Jeff. You know. I mean, listen. The hyperbole is my thing. All right. I don't need you to come on and out hyperbole me. That's my thing. Just why don't you just put him behind the pitching machine and get him to just stop press it? The button, man. Stop <laughs> it! Stop Sorry, it! Come man. on, you. Sorry. You know, you got another Sorry. two years, three years, two and a half years. So uh, yeah, we all man. need to and get together. We or we all need to course. learn to live together here. Of course, and he has great stuff. I just can't believe he can't, he can't put it together. But anyways, I'll give him a second. So anyways, it was, it was a great game today. But just in general, like when this team gets great starting pitching. They're going to be in any game, you know, and with the length of the lineup that they have and, and the way that, you know, Vladdy and Bowen Springer can swing, swing swing the bat that way, they're going to be in any game, you know what I mean, right? Especially with a lineup like that. You know, when you're facing a lineup like they have, the game is close, it becomes more stressful for it's stressful on the uh, pitching staff, right? Rather than, you know, some of the other games where, where you're facing this lineup and you're up by, you know, four or five runs, it's a lot easier to pitch to them, you know? So, and then when it comes to Kukushi, I can just touch on that quickly. For me personally, um, I, I, I like your point that you were saying before. There, you know, maybe you got to put him on IL, maybe a 14-day IL. Give this guy a chance to reset. You know, get him with Pete Walker over there for 14 days to work on something, and maybe this just kind of resets up, resets his focus, gives him a bit of a break. And for the next two weeks, kind of keeps him away from Boston and keeps him away from from uh, Tampa. You know, that's just my personal opinion. But great show, guys. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate the call. Listen, I asked Charlie today in the office um, about Kikuchi, and I just asked him point blank, is he going to make his next start? And his response was, as far as I know, yes. He was asked in a follow-up question about whether or not there had been a conversation about moving him to the bullpen. He said, we haven't gone there yet um you know i i listen i i think there well i I know there's been discussion Uh, i know there's been discussion with the front office as well about what you do with with you say kikuchi i mean you know i respect charlie for 
for playing it the way he's playing it. But obviously, it's been a topic of discussion. Look, I'm a stick. I'm going to stick with it. I, I I put the dude in the bullpen. I really do. I do not want him starting against Tampa. I'm not saying I'm going to throw him away and forget about him. That's not the case. But I got to give my I got to give my team a chance to win as many of these eight games as possible. I really well, you, you, well, you sort of are telling everybody that you're going to put him in the bullpen and throw him away and not use you him. See, you're, you're, no. You're, when would you ever use him when it mattered coming out of You'd the bullpen? You'd be surprised. You wouldn't. It would be 5-1, 10-1, 9-1. You'd be one, surprised, Parker, one, how those opportunities present it themselves. Would, I mean, it would be tough, especially against the Rays and, and the good teams that they're about to face here. Hopefully they're close games and – you're needing your top guys. When would you ever use him like that? I, I, I'm I'm with you. He's going to have to earn spots now, and he's going to have to every time he goes out. It's it's sort of like a tryout. But man, alive! Like even if you put him in the in the bullpen, fastball command is his issue. And if you've noticed, it's the first inning that he comes out. What do you do when you come out of the bullpen? It's you have to be ready to go right out the gate. So Kevin, you know what? You can you you can. You've done everything to make this this guy to try to make this guy work. You can do it in the bullpen. If he's not ready, then don't use him. I I owe it to this team to give them a chance to win as many games as possible. I'll work with Jose Barrios because he's going to be one of my one of my key starters. But I I mean I'm not going to send this guy out and experiment with him in the middle of a game against the Tampa Bay Rays when I've got Bo and Vladdy and a bunch of other guys. You know who who are serious about winning. I mean I, I'm sorry. I just I I can't do that to this team right now. I can't do that to this team. And, uh, again, it's, you know, we'll, I know he's here for a couple of years. We'll worry about that at some point. But right now i got to win games. Right now I've got to try to stay as, as, as close as I can to second place in, this, in the wild card race. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to do that. And if, if I can't bring in another starting pitcher or make a trade or whatever – then I'm going to do something else. And that's something else right now for me is I'm going to keep Yusei Kikuchi away from, from starting a big game. I just Maybe maybe they're going to see how the next couple of days go. If, if they go well, then it would be easier to run him out there. If they go bad, <sighs> then maybe they'll have to change things up, put him in the bullpen and pitch yeah. whoever they have. Max Good Castillo, luck telling that Trent to the guys who are going to be in the field in that game. Right, look, they're going to get paid regardless. <laughs> Brad and James Bay. How are you, man? Oh, I'm good, man. Uh, just finished my rotation here. I'm back to golf from, uh, but just wondering about, uh, you know, this coming uh, uh, start with Kikuchi to that question. Uh, the performance of guys like Trent Thornton, Matt Gage, uh, Max Castillo, then, you know, is it possible we have one of those guys uh, take the take the start against Tampa? I mean, I'd love to see. Well, I shouldn't say I'd love to see. I, I would be okay with Castillo getting the start. I really would. He's been stretched out. He gave him, what, 70 pitches the last time out. Uh, you know, he he he's, he was able to control a lineup that uh, not many, you know, that that some of the Blue Jays pitchers had had difficulty controlling. So yeah, I would uh, I would have I would have no problem with that. I, I would as, I would deal. assume I would assume if it's not Yusei Kikuchi, it would have to be a combination of those three guys. <laughs> right. It's that simple. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could pick yeah whoever you want to start. You could pick that. I'm sure they're going to match it up and see whose breaking ball matches up to the top of the order of the Rays, and they'll figure out who starts that and who they think can go longer and deeper in a game and doesn't have to face the top of the order that many times. But it'll be a combination of all three of those guys. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is the text line. How are those New York Yankees doing? We'll find out when we come back.
I think I know how they're doing. <laughs> it's the Yankees. The day ends in Y. We know how they're doing. It's Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan. The 2-2. Guerrero hits one. That's got some backspin. Jackie Bradley Jr. to the wall. He can't get it. It is gone. The Blue Jays have hit their second home run in the third inning. It's a two-run shot for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Number 18 for Vladdy. That was Ben Wagner with the call on Sportsnet 590. The fan, the Blue Jays, 7-2 winners over the Boston Red Sox. And now the Bet365 standings update. Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book with 63 million members worldwide, 19-plus. Play responsibly, Ontario only. Let us take a look at the American League East standing, shall we? Oh, by the way, the Yankees won 9-5 to tonight. They had a six-run seventh inning rally, Kevin Barker, aided by two catchers' interference calls. I, mm. I mean, what is the point? Uh, anyhow, the Yankees are 54-20. and uh, That works out to a 730 winning percentage. The Boston Red Sox are now 42-32. and 32. The Jays are 41-32. and 32. Tampa Bay, they are 40-32. and 32. And the Baltimore Orioles are uh, bringing up the rear at 34 and 40. But Kevin, again, the Yankees, uh, you know what? I'm beginning to think I kind of poo-pooed it when you said the other day that maybe they're peaking too early. When I see them win games like this, maybe they're peaking too early. <laughs> maybe they're it's, peaking too it's early. It's like the Devers hit. It's like the Devers hit when you're hitting almost 340. You get doubles like he got, and you're starting. Yeah, you don't to see get those when you're hitting 220, isn't it? Absolutely not. That, it? that 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 guy would, if I would have been hitting that, that guy would have ran in and caught that behind his back, threw it to first base on a two hop, and got me by half step. So yeah, it's when you're having one of those years, good things happen most of the time. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is the text line. It is Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. This is Blue Jays talk on the heels of a seven two win for the Blue Jays over the Boston Red Sox, the first of three games in this series, followed by a five game series against the Tampa Bay Rays. That includes a day night doubleheader on Saturday and a Canada Day matinee as uh, the battle for positioning in the American League East continues. Some news, I suppose, of of a sort uh, on the part of the Blue Jays today. Now, this has not, as far as I've seen, it has not yet been confirmed by the team, but John Heyman and several other folks are reporting that Sergio Romo has agreed to a contract with the Blue Jays. Do yourself a favor. Don't look at his stats from this year. You're basically getting a guy who uh, has been around the block and uh, throws uh, when it when it's on throws a slider that can be difficult to to hit. Uh, he is not the answer to any of the lingering or serious Blue Jays bullpen questions, other than the fact you'd probably rather have him pitch in a game than some of the other options you've seen out there. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way I can put it. He's a bit of a proven commodity, um, you know, proven both good and bad. Uh, but, but Kevin, you know, look, th- this is – it says less, I think, about Sergio Roma than what it does about uh, the fact that 
you know, it was last year at this time that Ross Atkins started doing some of the heavy lifting with the bullpen. Uh, you know, that ended up getting Trevor Rich with Trevor Richards and Adam Simber coming in here. They were both key members, key stabilizing pitchers for the Jays out of the bullpen. They just they just need they need arms right now. Uh, e- even with Kevin Gossman's start tonight, as long as you don't know what you're going to get from Kikuchi and Barrios, and with a doubleheader coming up, you need arms. You really do. I guess he's 39 years old. Who, you know, the only puzzling thing you said you said don't look at his stats. Well, I did peek at him, and well, when don't. I peeked, hey, why, when why I, don't you well, listen I, to me when I tell when you? When I because I never do. When I peeked at that's true. the numbers, especially him against right-handed hitters, it's not very good, and that's why you sort of question on what's the slider doing? Is it the is it the 85 mile an hour fastball that sinks a little? If it ain't sinking, it's 85. That's BP hitting. And hopefully it's probably more of that. It's not the slider, and I'm with you. You know he's a veteran guy, and the moment's not going to be too big for him. And he's been in the American League East, yada, yada, yada. So I'm with you. It's probably better him than somebody else. Hopefully there's more to come. That's all I can say. Tony from Kitchener in the text line says, as good a team is as good as its starting pitchers, and tonight was a prime example. Boom. I feel that Gossman proved to all of us that he was tipping his pitches. He changed his glove to the bigger one, and bam, he was smoking the Red Sox tonight who had been on a winning streak. You know, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's something to it, but, Kevin, I also wonder if maybe, you know, why not, if, if you're Kevin Gossman? Why, why not go to the bigger glove? I, is it working? Probably. Does it make you feel a little better? You know, to me, that's probably part of it as well. Does it give you a little more, put your mind at ease a little more? I can see maybe that factoring into it. Um, and, and hey, and I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Maybe I, you say Kikuchi needs a bigger glove. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe he should put wear his glove in his Two other, gloves. Two gloves. Arm. I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I, look, I, this is what I think. So, sometimes you can talk yourself into when you're a baseball player to anything. And if Pete Walker walks up to you and goes, hey, why don't that you use true. this giant outfielder's glove? This is going to work. Go try this. And I talk myself into it, and I think now I'm not tipping my pitches. Me, I think he's making better pitches. That, that's what I yeah. think it is. You know, it, when I was hitting, now, again, I'm not as good as some of these guys that he's facing, but whenever I was hitting, if that guy's locating it, I could still know it was coming and, and probably not barrel it up. And that's what you see. And hopefully he takes that away tonight that he knows now that if he locates arm side and glove side with the old good old number one, all those secondary pitches he's got will be much better. Well, on a night where the New York Yankees are continuing to figure out ways to win, let me give you some numbers that are going to make make us all feel better. How about that? The Boston Red Sox are now 2-6 and six against the Blue Jays tonight. They are 7-15 against AL East opponents this season. They have had uh, a relatively easy schedule. They've got a bunch of games coming up uh, against the American League East. They've got a bunch of games against the Rays. They've got a bunch of games against the Yankees. They're 7-15 against AL East opponents this season. So that'll make you feel a little better. Uh Here's something else to make you feel better. Kevin Gossman has faced 77 Red Sox hitters this season. He's allowed zero home runs and four doubles. The one earned run he gave up, the one earned run he gave up was with him out of the game. Two earned run or two runs, one earned over 21 innings, two walks, 27 punchouts in three starts against the Red Sox this season. So You've got to think the red – here's the thing. If he was tipping pitches, 
wouldn't you'd think the Red Sox might be able to pick that up? You Kevin, and, think and I don't so. know. And and I'll and I'll throw this out there. I, I'm I'm not going to try to take away from what Kevin Gossman did tonight, but is there a danger in reading too much into this because it is against a Red Sox team that he has had a lot of success against this year, or am I just trying to am I just trying to find the proverbial you know great cloud behind the silver lining there? You, you are, I think so. I, I think his velocity was really good tonight. I think his location on his fastball was excellent. It's the best it's been and starts you know beginning of the season when he's punching out those people, not walking anybody. That's when his fastball was really good. But it was more north and south tonight. It was on the black arm side and glove side. And when you can do that as a pitcher, you get those dudes in swing mode. Now all of a sudden you can miss a little bit better or a little bit easier with your secondary pitches, not have to be so fine with them. And that's sort of what you're seeing. I I think that for me is what it's all about. Again, they can say what they want about the tip of the pitches. And when you're not doing well, Jeff, you're going to go to the back of the drawing board and you're going to pick at everything. Oh, did he see that? For me, a lot of that was with the runner on second base. You know what you do? Don't let a runner on second base. That's that's the probably the easiest way to to not have them. You know, relaying messages to the hitter is just not to let a guy on second base. But again, this is what you do as a big league pitcher. You you try and cover all your bases, and hopefully tonight he gains a lot of confidence from them, and he thinks the glove is big enough. He thinks the fastball command is good. The mechanics were good. I think it's the mechanics. I think he was getting it out of the glove at the right time. I think he was getting it up. The release point was great. His finish on the split finger was great. His finish on the slider was good. You could see a couple were 12 to 6 when he's trying to throw him for strike one. You could see even against lefties he was trying to back foot it. He could do that when he wanted to. When you can do that, you feel mechanically sound, you got confidence, sky's the limit. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. That was, by the way, the first win of the month uh, for Kevin Goss. thought you didn't care about wins from pitchers. I don't. Quality starts. That's I it. don't care about wins from pitchers. Well, why'd you say? But I because that does tell you something when the guy is your. It, it tell it tells you something not just about where he is. Actually, it tells you more than anything else about where your team's been. The fact that you know, your your guy who you is either, well, let's face it, Alec Manoa is probably number one right now. But then the guy who's number two when he hasn't won in a month, that's usually not a good sign. For that, that's usually a, a reflection of of how a team has played, and it pretty much does sum up. Uh, the way the Blue Jays have played. Let's talk about home runs. How come we keep wondering when Vladdy is going to get hot and I'm looking at him with 18 home runs? I almost feel it's almost like he has to apologize for for, for the number of home runs. Because he's, he's hitting 260, he goes one for four instead of three for four like he did last right. year. He lo- It looks tougher. He's visibly frustrated, which is a big deal. You can tell when he takes a bad swing, he, he checks swings, he chases pitches. We normally don't see him do that. So it's a collection of a, of a bunch of things. But I'm with you. <clears throat> you know, he's p- still on pace for probably right around 35. He'll drive in 90-plus. So he's going to have a really good year. Is it the year that we all thought he was going to have? Probably not. You know, I'm a guy that says he's Albert Pujols Jr. when it comes to 330 and a homer and 100. He's probably not going to have that this year. But 
the expectations are so high on this kid that when we do see him going through little things, we wonder why it is. But just this year, I think, Jeff, and you'll you'll attest to this, that visibly you can just tell he's searching for something. Like the, mm-hmm. there's just something not there. Again, it's he's in between. He's late. He's early. He's not getting through baseballs. When he, when he gets a good pitch to hit, a lot of the times he misses it, and you can tell when he's running around first. He has really no idea why he's missing it. So – I think it's a bunch of that, but again, he's still a great hitter, and he's still going to put up his numbers, but they need him to stay super, super hot for two months. Got to ask yourself, can he do that? And right now, with the way he looks, it might be tough. Uh, Let's talk about Matt Chapman a little bit. Ben Wagner made an interesting comment, and I know that Ben had a conversation with Matt, and Matt Chapman talked about sort of trying to search for a more consistent bath bat path that that was the you know the thing that he that he's that he's focusing on he's kind of quietly had he's had a good june you know it's not one of those 395 junes that where you're going to be in running for american league player of the month or anything but i think we're starting to see the guy we thought we'd see i like to see a few more doubles to me when i start seeing matt chapman the doubles falling in i'm going to think that he's really that that is, you know, that is that 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 is the Matt Chapman we need to see. But uh, I tell you what, Kevin, his his at bats. One thing about this guy, they are competitive. They're competitive at bats, even when he's not doing anything. They're competitive at bats. But talk to me about the whole bat path thing, because I find that fascinating. Because we don't talk about that enough. And you know, Bo's a big proponent, right? Bo talks sure. a lot about bat path. Sure. Whatever I see, Matt, I, I I just wonder why he doesn't have a trigger. Most. Good hitters don't have to be a great hitter to have a trigger. You talk, you talk uh, about any good hitter. You talk about Vladdy. You talk about Alejandro Kirk. I talked about that today. I broke that down. When he gets mm-hmm. up on his toe, that's his trigger. What's that do? <clears throat> that sets his bat path. Like it's like when he opens up with his front side, that drops his back elbow, which puts his barrel in that hitting zone way back here. Like Bo wants to talk about, right? The, the sooner I get it in the hitting zone, the better chance I got it staying in the hitting zone a very long time, which gets me gives me a better chance of barreling up baseballs and using the entire field. Matt Chapman, I think it just you have to look at what your expectations are with him. Do you want him to ha- hit for high average? Do you want to hit it 35 doubles or do you mm-hmm. just want him to to hit a couple you know two or three run homers to get some good teams in the american league east i would rather him do answer c i just i just don't think he's a great hitter and i think he's got a bunch of holes in his swing it's elevated you know that's why they throw him a bunch of elevated fastballs a lot of the time because that's why he's talking about getting the bat path getting it in the hitting zone sooner and you can see him even sitting in the in the dugout where he's thinking about what he wants to do with his arms and where he wants the barrel to go but for me if he got a trigger he has enough bat speed he has enough torque with his lower half he he has a short enough stride that if he just got some kind of trigger going back to get everything going forward and have that maximum collision i think his numbers will be, will be better but again it gets back to what's your expectations with matt let's go to john and hamilton john how are you I'm good. It's actually Sean, but uh, close, close enough, guy. Yeah, that's all right. You've been called worse, I'm sure, by better people, too. <laughs> Absolutely. I just wanted to comment. You're not supposed to say show. that. Uh, I enjoy the show and um, some of the analytics. Uh, you bring forward certain aspects of the game and everything. Um, I guess I take a, a little more basic approach after many years being around baseball. 
is um, I'm golfing tomorrow, and I know I'm going to have a conversation with these three guys about the Blue Jays in baseball. And for me, it comes down to how many starters do you have that you trust? And they go, Two. okay, well, we got three. Well, how many relievers do you have that you trust? Okay, we got that. How many batters do you have? So I'm going to enjoy the Blue Jays. They're young. They're exciting. Do I think that they have enough parts to compete? Yes. My big thing is just get to the postseason, and we'll see what happens. Just get to the postseason. But uh, with that, I enjoy the show. I just think we're missing a couple parts along the way. Okay? Shauna, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Hit him far and hit him straight tomorrow. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it is – right now it's about – it is about getting to the playoffs. You're not winning the American League East. Right now, it's about positioning for the for the playoffs, um, and and as to you know as to Sean's other point, well, I mean, Kevin, the starting pitchers right now, you've got a must win game tomorrow. You're okay with Manoa, mm-hmm. you're okay with Gossman. Mm-hmm. After that, nope. Right now, no, and that's nope. that's only because of what Ross Stripling. Has done. I'm not going to ask Ross Stripling to do too much. Um, you know, and and we've talked about Jose Barrios, where that is. The bullpen's interesting. I, who do you trust in the bullpen right now? David Phelps. <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know, Jordan Romano. Not night after night after night, but yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's all that that. That's all I can say in terms of in terms of trust. Uh, it was notable, I think, by the way, that Jordan Romano was warming up tonight with the seven-two lead because Sean Anderson was kind of, you know, shadow boxing a little bit uh, down the stretch. That's, I mean, that's kind of who do you trust in the bullpen? Like, I, I have no problem having Adam Simber in my bullpen, depending on the role. I have no problem having Trevor Richards in my bullpen, depending on the role. You know, Tim Mesa, the Tim Mesa I saw last year. Again, it just depends on what I want these guys to do. My concern with the bullpen remains that I have too many. I have too many guys like that, right? I've mm-hmm. got too many guys that I need to sort of really think twice about putting into a game. Okay, ask yourself a question: If if, if Charlie would have went out to to Gosman in the in the sixth inning and got the ball from him with a one run lead, who are you giving the ball to? I mean, I have to think about. It. I have to go back and look at who was coming up. Who, who would you with confidence? Yeah. yeah, like the the the, the answer to that yeah. question is they don't really have three guys that you line up. No matter who they're going to face, this is who you're giving the ball to. And yeah. and it's Charlie and Petey over there throwing a bunch of names against the wall. Who's available? And who's trying to match up with bat pass and and arm speed and what pitch they're throwing? It's almost impossible. So the answer to your question is, it's it's going to be real tough down the stretch to when push comes to shove for them to muscle up and and face really good teams. And that's why I think Ross is looking at big picture here, thinking about how he can fix that. At least we talked about that on Blair and Barker today. The, the one little part of their game, we, we know that they're not a balanced lineup. We know that a, a decent pitcher that has a good breaking ball can start that away, get you swing happy, can go through a lineup pretty quick because they're young and they're very aggressive and they need a left-handed bat in there or two. But that bullpen, it's – 
if you're going to make a decent run, not even a long run in the playoffs, you need three guys down there that when Charlie the seventh inning rolls around, no matter who's coming up, you go out and the, hand the ball to a certain guy. Yeah, the bullpen has to be the immediate priority, sure. and I think I think we're seeing that with you know even with the the addition of Sergio Romo that that is you know that's something that that Ross Atkins uh, that's something that, that that Ross Atkins is going to focus on. I mean it it's. I, I hate saying it. It should be the easiest thing to fix because God knows we've seen it here in these parts that it isn't. But I, Kevin, I keep getting back to the. I, every time we see somebody from another team, and maybe I've got reliever envy. I don't know. I don't even know if that's such a thing. But every time we see somebody from another team, I swear to God, it seems like they're ninety six, ninety seven with movement. Yep. And they're not. You know, we're not futzing around with ninety three with 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 guys that have. A very, 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 very limited room for error. That, that I think, is the, is the thing that... That's probably the phrase that comes to mind when I look at this bullpen. Who in the bullpen gives me a margin of error? And I don't think there's one. I don't nope. think there's one guy that if I guess wrong on, is, is going to somehow save me. I, and, I, I don't think there's a guy out there. It's not going to be easy either because the other teams in the American League that are fighting for playoff spots sort of need the exact same thing that the Blue Jays need. They need power stuff with movement that can strike people out late in games. You know, you go down the list of the teams that are in the playoff hunt right, right now, it's sort of like all of them need the exact same thing, and it's what's Ross willing to give up to go to yeah. the teams that aren't in the playoff role to, to go and get those things. So it would be intriguing to see what Ross does the next couple of weeks. I mean, if if you're a Blue Jays fan, in some way you're almost you're kind of hoping that you know what Alex Cora said today before the game and what he said on Saturday about having an idea that perhaps his bullpen is falling into place. You almost hope that that happens in some way, so that eliminates the Red Sox as a team, you know that that, that is going to be that is going to be pursuing relievers. And I thought Ben did a great job of breaking this down. You know, they get they're going to get guys back who are healthy. If James Paxton comes back at some point, Chris Sale comes back, Garrett Whitlock goes back in the pen, Tanner Houck goes in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, if you're the Red Sox now, you got a little more depth, and maybe that means that you're not going to be shopping as much in the reliever market. Maybe that opens the door a little bit for the Toronto Blue Jays. And speaking of open doors, the Jays certainly did that in terms of opening the door to what could be a good week for them. A 7-2 win over the Boston Red Sox in the first game of a three-game series. They'll do it again tomorrow night at 7.07. So for all of us here, thanks for listening to Blue Jays baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side baseball fans.